0: So I was in a call with a candidate a few days ago, and he asked me, what are the biggest misconceptions candidates have about consulting firms, about the, the interview process? Right? And I thought that was a good question. I'm, I wasn't actually sure if I'd covered it in previous podcasts. I went through the podcasts in the um, firm's consulting section, and I went through the extensive library we have on the Capability Center as well, um, and I couldn't find anything about it. So I'm sure I've covered it. I do recall covering it um, in firms consulting, and I do remember we actually invited a few McKinsey uh, ex-partners to discuss it in the Capability Centre as well. But even though the topic was covered, I did feel it was covered as part of broader topics, so maybe it wasn't as granular, specific enough. So I didn't want to. I did want to cover it here, and especially for people who don't have access to the Capability Centre, where you know it was covered in some detail. I thought we could uh, talk about it even more so here. And remember, the Capability Centre is is dedicated to to Practicing consultants. So I'm not going to focus on the misconceptions about practicing consultants. I'm going to focus more about issues more relevant to aspiring consultants, people applying to consulting firms. I think the first one that um, comes through is this obsession with the fit. uh, Sorry, with the uh, case interviews. Cracking the case has become a national obsession. I mean, it is incredible the amount of resources dedicated to cracking the case. There is this wholly incorrect perception that if you learn how to do cases you memorize the frameworks you solve the case you you pass the case and you'll get an offer it's not true at all i've actually hired a lot of people who failed the case because i thought that they were accomplished communicated well they had charisma they had presence and i felt that sure they made a few mistakes but they could be taught what to do. So I think the first misconception is this obsession with cracking the case and I can even drill down even further there. The obsession with cracking the case is a misconception about even what the case is. People assume the case is wholly numeric, quantitative, hypotheses people just ignore communication and I'll be honest with you we hire people for communication speak to management consultants and look at the way they communicate consultants do two things They, they tend to throw or project their voice quite well and some are softer spoken than others but the younger ones I notice these days tend to project their voice quite well but the other thing consultants do very well is they have this ability to take complicated subjects and make it easy to understand. They speak with conciseness, clarity, precision. They're able to structure a conversation that could be quite messy and be able to get you to follow them and arrive at the understanding or the insight that they want you to take out of the conversation. It's a skill to do that. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of preparation, and a lot of diligent, purposeful practice to get to that point. And more than anything else, you need to have this ability to project confidence in people when you either do a case with them or you engage them. If you don't have this ability to project confidence, you are not going to get a consulting offer. So the first misconception is cracking the case. I, I think it's, it's highly overrated. And if people worked with us, in fact, our own candidates know this, the cracking the case part is quite simple, right? We we'll teach you how to crack a case. It's like we will teach you an estimation case in 20 minutes. We'll teach you how to do a case in maybe an hour, two hours. And then we teach you how to communicate across all the different kinds of cases you could get, across all the different kinds of interviewer styles you could face, across all the kinds of different booby traps laid in the case. And what you realize is that it's very hard to explain this until you see it in action. The way you communicate either helps the interviewer help you helps you find shortcuts in the case or creates just a ridiculous amount of work for you so the first misconception is passing the cases will get you an offer there is no correlation people always come back to me and say but i passed the case they told me i had no problem with the case um and well that's probably true you probably had no problem with the case but so what did you expect to get the offer just by passing the case there's a whole lot of other things that go into it things that cannot be described you know at the final level You are going to get the offer based on whether you make a partner comfortable. So you're sitting across from me. I'm a senior partner or a partner or a principal or whatever. And I'm going to decide, am I comfortable working with you? And sometimes I'm just not comfortable, but I don't know what it is. And personally, I've rejected a few people like that. Of course, I'll try to give them very specific reasons. And some people don't like the reasons. I'll tell them, well, you come across as anxious. And I'm not sure that that is a characteristic that you can be taught to hide or to overcome people don't like that they'll say i'm not anxious and what happened is that consulting firms have stopped giving that kind of feedback they they tend to revert to giving feedback like the case was could have been better because it's it's tangible and it's the fault not of the consulting firms the fault of candidates they only want to get feedback on tangible things which means that all feedback is tangible And the really intangible parts on communication, poise, confidence, charisma, presence, which are undeniably important, if not more important than the case, don't get enough attention. Even if you read books on consulting. I mean, I think Case in Point is one of the books, right? Everything's about cracking the cases. I'm like 13 frameworks. Memorize the frameworks and you'll get in. That's not the way it works. A consulting partner would tell you that. That's the first misconception. The second one which I believe very strongly in and I can prove it. When you get into an MBA or when you get into undergraduate do not give a damn about case competitions. Ignore it. Just put it aside and forget about it. You do not impress anyone by winning a case competition. You know, every year it it every year we get Candace telling me should I get into the case competition? Is it going to help me? And I tell me, look, it doesn't help you at all. The point is, a case competition doesn't men- measure the skills that is looked for in a case interview. I know it sounds bizarre. I know everyone's going to tell you this, but the real- tell you opposite. But the reality is that you need to find me people who won the case competition who get case offers, and I could say that even with our candidates, not a single one. That a single one of our candidates who got offers at McKinsey, Bain, BCG, and Rollenberger won a case competition. Some of them finished like almost dead last because the reality is very simple. In a real case, you they are testing your real time thinking, right? In a, in a case interview. In a case competition, you're working with a group, there's all kinds of group dynamics going on there, right? So you, automatically, we don't know who's doing what kind of work. The second one is it's scripted, the second one is we're not seeing your real thinking. The point is it's it's so contrived, it's so far removed from isolating your individual competence that there is no way in hell any consulting firm worth its salt is going to use a case competition as an opportunity to um, hire anyone. The best I've seen is Roland Berger for the IESC case competition uh, offered the winners this year um, internships. But again, actually, offer them internships. What's an intern? It's an option, right? It's a, it's a financial option. They're basically paying you an internship salary, which is the cost of the option. And at the end of the internship, they have the opportunity, but not the obligation to make you a full-time offer. So at the most, consulting cases provide consulting firms a financial option on your career. That's not very promising. And if you think about the effort that goes into these consulting cases, the amount of sleepless nights, the amount of travel, the amount of panels you have to put together, it's worthless. So just forget about it. If you get an opportunity to do a case competition, and this is the only criteria I have. If you know nothing about consulting and you want to get some exposure to consulting, case competitions could help you there. But do not ever see it as a substitute for proper case preparation for interviews. If case competitions are going to affect your grades, do not do it. Grades are paramount. Let me tell you something. When you are 60 years old and you are the, I don't know, executive vice president of General Electric somewhere and they write out your bio, they will say, you know, Jonathan Smith graduated with distinction from Wharton. They are not going to say Jonathan Smith won the case competition at the Wharton School of Business. No one frankly, cares. So never let grades, grades get away from you. In fact, I had a really good candidate um, um, we we were trying to place, and we were very disappointed because we couldn't place at McKinsey, which was our first choice. And I remember she was telling me, you know, Michael, I didn't get in, but remember something. Uh, they invited me back to interview in six months because they thought I was very good. And remember something, I have good grades. That'll be with me forever. My application is solid going forward. And Obviously, we're not happy when we don't play someone, but that that's thats a very good way of looking at it, right? And she did get in eventually, but she never took the offer. But that's a different story. The point is, case competitions mean nothing. I don't care what anyone says. There is no condition under which a case competition is going to help you with a consulting firm, period. If you want a case competition, that's wonderful, but don't put it on your resume. It's not going to help anyone. It, it actually hurts your chances, as far as I'm concerned, because by trumpeting it so loud, You are telling a consulting firm, look, I don't understand what actually goes into a case competition. Excuse me. That's why I think it is something that is worth discussing. So please, just do not put it on your resume. Do not worry about it. Focus on your grades. And if you really want to do something with it, use it as an opportunity to maybe learn about how to do cases. But to be honest, what really happens in a case competition? Well, you have the same dynamic that happens in an MBA or undergraduate class. You've got a group of people. We don't listen to anyone because they all want to show you how smart they are. They all think that if they dominate the conversation, they're going to be winning some award. They think if they dominate the conversation, they'll dominate the presentation, which is what they do. So you don't really have the right value system. And I always tell people what distinguishes the big three from every other firm is the value system, not the intellect, not the people, not what they say they do. It's the value system. That's what produces good work. And if you cannot mimic the value system in a consulting case competition, then you cannot mimic the actual behavior on a consulting project and you can quote me on that the final misconception is just the absolute lack of understanding at the speed precision and i would have to say the intensity at which we work as management consultants it's tough you could have worked at deloitte you could have worked anywhere, but you're not prepared for this Maybe investment banking, I would say, would prepare you for it. Yeah, I would say investment banking prepares you for it. But investment banking is not a team spot the way it is at management consulting. Management consulting is a team spot. Sure, investment bankers will tell you that it's a a team spot. But we we know enough investment bankers. And, in fact, some of our former clients are investment bankers. So, you know, it's a very different lifestyle. The other thing is that management consulting is a respectful career. You're not treated badly. You're treated very well, as if you're someone important, while as an investment bank, you're treated quite badly generally, but just paid well. So I think the the, the intensity of the work is something most people do not expect. They do not predict it's going to be this tough, this rough. The, the guidance is far less than you think it is, which is why they are looking for people who can bring order to chaos. They're not looking for people who can be, you know, who need a babysitter throughout the project and need to be prepared for that people always say that you know I can do this I can work hard with guidance sure but can you work smartly with little guidance that's what's more important so three misconceptions right? do not be obsessed with the case you need to do well at the case but you have to be obsessive with communication and the way you carry yourself case competitions mean less than nothing in fact when you win a case competition consider a liability on your resume the intensity of which you will be expected to work as a management consultant is just mind-shattering, in my opinion, and you have to be prepared for it. I struggled when I joined, and I think just about everyone that I know who joined consulting from struggled. In fact, everyone I know struggled initially, but you eventually you know, adjust and you move forward. So uh, the key thing here is that beware of these three misconceptions, right? And make sure you allocate your time effectively across them. Thank you.